ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we are recording here uh, the the seventh week in Ordinary Time. We just celebrated Pentecost last Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're also coming up to Memorial Day weekend, so we're sort of into moving into summer mode for, for many of us. School is either out or is finishing up most places um, around South Dakota, at least. Uh, and Father, you are down at... Um, our retreat center in, in uh, I was going to say in Brookings. That's where you live, but that's not where you are now. You're at Broomtree right now, right? That's correct. I'm at Broomtree Retreat Center right outside Irene, South Dakota. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about what you're doing there, but uh, just at the outset, I've, I've forgotten to mention this a couple times in the last couple of episodes, so I want to make sure that people know that um, we're always happy to get feedback or, or ideas for future episodes of, of Ignition. And the way to, to let us know about that, the easiest way is to email me, and my email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Org. Uh, let us know if you have any questions about anything we've said, or if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss in the future. Uh, so, Father, w- what are you doing at Broomtree Retreat Center? Well, I am uh, very early on in the directing of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, which is a fancy way of saying I'm leading some uh, young men in a 30-day silent retreat. A 30-day silent retreat. Okay, so what we're going to do is talk about retreats, uh, and, and, and we'll talk a little bit specifically about what you just said, what you just said the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola and a 30-day spiritual retreat, or a 30-day silent retreat, and so on. But I want to begin sort of by, by backing up or stepping back maybe. Um, and and talking about what retreats are, and maybe specifically, as I mentioned at the outset, that we're we're just um, we're entering sort of into the summer season when people start going vacationing and so on. But how would you explain the difference between a retreat and a vacation? Well, can I maybe start out with how they're both similar? Sure. Okay, I think they're both necessary. Okay. Uh, both a vacation and a retreat are both necessary. Um, you need that vacation. You need to unwind. You need to maybe get out of the ordinary uh, for a little bit. And you, need to, you need to play. Okay. Um, uh, one of the things that I kind of learned uh, when I was in seminary is that, like, growing up the way I think we grew up in my family, we didn't do a lot of vacations. We did a lot of trips, um, which are kind of more like little, uh, little missions to go see grandma or right. see this relative. We, we didn't do a lot of vacations. Um, we did a few, like a, a, one trip to Oceans of Fun or a trip out to Wisconsin once somewhere, but not many trips to just go somewhere and relax and be there. Okay. Um, but I think they're, they're, they are necessary things uh, for us to do in the summertime. And so I hope, dear listeners, that you do get a chance for some sort of vacation, um, some chance to you know take your family somewhere and relax and maybe have nothing to do. Right. Yes. Yes. Don't come back from your vacation. So often vacations are very tiring, Father. Yeah. I, I did a family vacation a couple of years ago with my brother, and I realized, and thankfully I was able to realize it on there, my brother's personality is the type where he just goes. He like, 
You know, if there's ten things to do in this vacation area, he's going to do all ten things. Um, and I was like, you know, I think my vacation style is I'm just going to hang back a bit. Absolutely. So just as that vacation time is important just to, to be able to recover and relax the family, so retreat time is necessary and important um, even in your own uh, day life, even if you're not maybe like a full-time church worker or employee, it's, it's necessary to get some sense of retreat. One kind of a similar thing is just to get that time away from uh, normal life. And, but also you can see things a little differently in that when you're away from uh, normal life, when you're in, in, into a retreat mode or a retreat style of life, whatever sort of retreat it can be. Um, but I think in the same way a vacation is necessary, a retreat is, is necessary. So how would you, so how would you, so the, the, they're both important and they both play uh, essential roles and they have similarities. What's the difference? I mean, I, I think most people maybe have an intuitive sense, but, but how would you articulate explicitly the difference between uh, a retreat? What makes a retreat a retreat and not just a vacation, not just a, hey, let's kick back at Broomtree for 30 days? Right. Um, I think the thing with retreat is that, like, uh, the name of the 30-day retreat, its specific name is the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius. And so they are exercises. They are, in a sense, work in that way, at least of this style of retreat. Um, that, there is, that, there is a, that there is a work, there's an effort. Um, I was actually kind of thinking of the analogy of a, of a sports camp. Oh. Yeah, you know, and so uh, uh, during the summertime, so often our, our children go off and they do, you know, a sports camp. And what do they do? They work on the fundamentals. They work on some of the basics. And maybe if it's a team camp, they work on some team and interaction fundamentals. But it's for the sake of building up those fundamentals to be able to use them then back in your normal sport life. You know, you go to the sports camp, mm. the Bob Winters basketball camp in Yankton, I used to go to growing up because it was in Yankton. And I'm from Yankton. Um, <laughs> that was our fun. <laughs> that was the effort of decision process. I was in Aberdeen, so I drove to, okay. Uh, and, um, but of, uh, um, so you can work on those fundamentals so that when the season comes, or, and then you can practice those fundamentals too, but especially so that when the season comes, you know, you can build upon them. And so, uh, like with this experience that we're having with these, uh, we have 16 seminarians going through these spiritual exercises right now. Uh, the hope is, the desire is, is that in the course of it, um, that they will pick up these spiritual fundamentals uh, so that in their priestly life, if they become priests or whatever God calls them to, if they're not going to become priests, they'll have these um, fundamental things at, at play uh, when they, uh, um, just for their own prayer life. Right. I, that, I, that, Father, I think that's a great analogy, by the way, the idea of a sports camp. We, we've talked before, uh, some time ago, we, um, in a podcast episode, we talked about um, that the whole metaphor of practicing Catholic. And while on the one hand, it doesn't work, or, or it could be misunderstood, it really does make sense because um, this is something that we work at. You're always striving to improve in that way. Right, that uh, uh, practical things being things done in practice. Uh, they're they're meant to be done uh, uh, to be done to be known. You can't you can't know them unless you do them. Yep. So and the, the other thing too, along you know what, we, what you've just been talking about there. Um, and so oftentimes uh, when people go on retreat, the, the, uh, the it'll be called spiritual exercises, which which again, as you're just saying, emphasizes the fact that 
uh, and as the sports camp analogy does, it, it, it's not just a, it's not vacation. It's actually work effort. Now it's work effort in the spiritual sense, not the physical, obviously, but it's still work and effort nonetheless. And I, I'm, I know you've experienced that as someone who's, uh, you're a director now, but as a directee on, on a lengthy retreat, have you done a 30 day yet? I, I did do a 30 day. Okay. So I'm sure you could, well, could you just actually now maybe briefly speak to the reality that this is really work? Certainly. Um, well, actually, uh, and, and maybe even from the director's side of it with, uh, as well, but uh, on the course of the 30-day uh, retreat, um, it, it is work because you, you put into practice, uh, again, those things that maybe you didn't always have the chance just because of the hectic pace of your life. Or in my own, like I, I prefer for my annual retreat to do uh, an eight-day silent directed retreat priests are required each year to make a retreat. There's no requirement of what type of retreat they have to make, but I like to do an, an eight-day silent retreat because it gives me that forum, if you will, to practice some of these fundamentals to refresh myself in them for the sake of then going back out into my daily uh, priestly ministry. So yeah, I'm reminded there, just a, a, a quick, before you get into the whole, I'm glad you said it because it reminded me, one of the things I was thinking about on this topic is the many times in the Gospels when Jesus says to the apostles, let's go away to a deserted place and rest for a while. And that's not for its own sake. It's so that they are, uh, in a sense, recharged, empowered uh, through prayer, but also you know being a way to go back into the world. So you were just speaking about it allows you to reengage in your apostolic ministry as a priest. Very much so, and it's always it's always for that sake. It's not um, uh, you're not you're not made to live on retreat, right? You, uh, but it helps to refresh you for the sake of your of your daily living in that way, and and just like. Um, any, any of you were like uh, a monastic who took a vow of silence, like retreat would still be different than your daily, uh, than your daily vocation. That's a great point. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there is that, that kind of labor and, and effort that is involved in that way. Of, uh, and, and there's a spiritual and there's a, a practical discipline that's going on, at least in this style of retreat. But I think in most style of retreats, there's that, there's that discipline, regularity in prayer, um, finding just kind of your own rhythms, what time of day is the best time of day for you to pray, um, questions of that sort. So, it, um, and those are some examples. It, I, I want to talk there about the, the rhythm of daily prayer, but before that, is, uh, is it hard? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, uh, for lots of reasons. Um, but uh, uh, it's hard because uh, you're trying to do something that... Um, the culture and the spirit of the world don't want you to do because um, you're trying to be in communion with our Lord uh, in conversation and communion with Him uh, who gives you life. And our world is just not aimed towards that. Right. Uh, so in that way, you're saying sort of both externally from, you know, uh, the spirit of the world, uh, other spirits, etc., you have to struggle against it, but also... This, the spirit of the world, insofar as we've internalized it, we're, we're, we're maybe ingrained to act in a certain way, and going on a, a retreat um, is an effort for us to, to sort of redirect the river, so to speak, uh, and, and try, to, try to, to redirect our spiritual energy or whatever in, in a more positive way. All right. Uh, uh, or do you think about uh, in terms of the Bible, my favorite topic. 
uh, in the scriptures when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, right, they, they also feared to be seen by God. Mm. And so there's a work in that way because in some senses we, we fear to be seen, to be known by God because of the dynamics of sin and shame within us. Uh, and so there has to be a learning that, no, it, it's good to be seen and to be known by God, uh, even in your weakness and your sin. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So any other ways where it's uh, examples of how it's, it's hard, it's effort, it's work? Yeah, um, and then because it does require a mental focus and attention. Mm. And of, of a type that increasingly in our digital age, right. I used to, you know, in the digital age, everything's broken down to, what, 30-second attention span? Right. You know, thank you for listening to this podcast for longer than 10 minutes. Right. right. <laughs> you get a rip. Uh, but uh, uh, for them to be able to, uh, for, for any soul to kind of focus in in this way, and then to learn just the dynamics of kind of your own self in an hour of prayer. I was just speaking um, today um, with other directors about this, kind of the directors we get together and talk with one another over lunch just to kind of make sure I'm on the same page and, um, and help one another out. But uh, with that dynamic of, uh, like, I, in my own prayer hours, I don't, like, focus for 60 minutes straight. Right. I do a holy hour. I'm not, like, 60 minutes of constant attention to the Lord. I don't even look like I'm that, you know, mm-hmm. from outward appearances. And so... Uh, and, and, and so I had to learn that, you know, I kind of go in like a 20-minute rhythm. Okay. You know, I, I've got about 20 minutes where I'm kind of like in prayer, and then things start to kind of fade out towards the end of that 20 minutes, probably the last, you know, five or sometimes even longer part of that 20 minutes. And then I'm like, and then I kind of like, oh, wait a moment, kind of reset myself. Oh, look, it's been 20 minutes, reset myself, my prayer, and, and go again in that way. And it seems like my hour usually consists in kind of three little sections of that way. Hmm. Um, so just, and, and you might have a similar experience that way. And so it takes some work to learn how your own, you know, body, uh, mind, and soul kind of react in those, in those times of prayer. That makes sense. Out of curiosity, then, how, for you as a director, where's the effort and the work come from? Um, I was talking to my parishioners about just to give them an idea of what I'm doing, because I think it's hard for my parishioners to so you're going on a vacation for 30 days, Father? What is this? You know what? Yeah. Um, how does that work? Um, it's kind of, I, I've started saying it's kind of like being a spiritual dairy farmer. Because um, dairy farmers have to go to their cows the same time every day. They have to, and they have to do that work to, you know, help the cow in that way. Um, and so, you know, you as a director, you meet with your directee. This is in the signation style of, especially in the long style of retreat. Uh, you meet with your directee every day at the same time. You talk with them about the day that was, and then you try to uh, and you help them to uh, understand what was going on in their hearts during their time of prayer, where and then uh, what was from the Lord or from of the Holy Spirit to be admitted into their heart of hearts, and what was not from our Lord and what should be rejected and pushed aside. So the you, so you're I mean. <laughs> And I think that I'm sure this applies in confession as well. This, this this certainly requires your active attention. You're trying to help your directees discern exactly those sorts of things, and so you have to really be attentive to what they're saying. And you can't, you know, you can't just phone it in, right? No, no. Unlike unlike the podcast. Unlike the ignition. Ignition. <laughs> ignition unlike ignition. Yes. Cannot be phoned in. No, yeah. Uh, 
since I'm recording this over a phone. Yes, yes. Um, no, no, so that's, that, that's certainly uh, at play in that regard. Okay, so now another, I want to go back to something that you had mentioned, and you referred to earlier. You talked about prayer rhythm when you do a holy hour and so on. Do you, having not done um, an eight-day, let alone a 30-day myself, ha, do you find that, so every year you do your eight-day, um, coming out of that, the, the transition of the, the prayer rhythm that you've, that you've developed over the course of those eight days or those 30 days, how easy is it to transition back to, quote-unquote, active life where, you you know you you've got a you know prayer has to find a place but now it's competing with the the other challenges in life um pretty well yeah it seems like at least now that i'm into my ministry and service as a priest i'm usually kind of pretty ready to leave okay oh, when the eight days are done uh, get me out of here um more more along the lines though of um just wanting to uh usually there's a, there's a desire to go and then apply the things I've been examining and praying on, um, uh, and then then to go apply them in my in my daily life. Okay, that makes sense. That makes, so there's usually some resolution in that sense. Not so much like you know I'm gonna not eat Doritos anymore. Right. God <laughs> um, forbid. Um, but if the good Lord wants me to give Doritos, I will. But there are limits to mortification, certainly. There are certainly limits. There are reasonable limits yes. to mortification. So, um, but yeah, so I use usually some resolution or thing, um, way to start practicing um, and be more deliberate about whether my priestly identity or whether just spiritual uh, discernment issues in general. Do you, I, I, I doubt this is the case, but do you, do you uh, does, it, does it happen to you or to others that, you know, uh, during the retreat, you find that one time of prayer is really conducive to prayer during the retreat, but back in your active life, in your priestly ministry, that time doesn't work? Um, you know, I don't know if, exa- if I've examined it that closely. That's I mean, I mean, like, like, okay, so in your case... Like, I, 30 a.m. is a good time to pray on retreat, but right. it's a good time to yeah, no, I, I I really haven't examined it that closely. Okay, I'm just curious. Okay. And so I think um, I think for the most part, my experience, this might be experience of most of the listeners and maybe yourself, is that outside of retreat, I'm just trying to get prayer when I can. Yep. And I just kind of schedule, just kind of ram it into my schedule at a set time usually each day and, and so on. But it is still kind of just, you know, it's going to be here or it's going to be nowhere. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so uh, you're directing a 30-day. Every year you go on an eight-day. What, what are the, some of the other formats that retreats can and do take? Well, and, and both the 30-day spiritual exercises and then the eight-day are uh, individually directed formats. What does that mean? Uh, which means that each day you, the retreatant, meet with a uh, director uh, for anywhere from 30, 45 minutes to an hour. And you speak about the day that was, and then they give you some guidance for the day to come. And then the rest of your day, uh, there's little structure aside from maybe your meals um, or set times for Mass. But other than that, there's little structure in your day um, aside from you doing, uh, like, uh, on the 30-day, you do four or sometimes even five holy hours a day. Uh, in, the eight, in, the, in an eight-day annual retreat, you do about four holy hours a day. 
So, so I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking it'd be good to talk specifically. So what do you do? I mean, you, you're spending the day in prayer, obviously, but what does that look like? So you, you just answered that. So on the eight day and 30 day, there's not what people might be familiar with the ideas of conferences, so talks, but the eight day and the 30 day, that's, that's not part of it. And so you might be on retreat with, at, at the same time as others, but you're not on the same retreat. Okay. Because each person has their own individually directed retreat. Okay. So does it have to be the case then that, so you're directing people on this, uh, this 30 day right now. So do you meet with all of them in the morning, talk about the day before the day to come? Or can that conversation happen in the afternoon maybe? It can happen in the afternoon. Then, you just, then, they, then they would just base their, their prayer hours based on the time they have their direction. Gotcha. Okay. Because it's their own retreat. Right. So now with the, the, an Ignatian retreat, there's a certain, well, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's a certain uh, flow to it, right? A certain movement through um, the, the, the points that St. Ignatius makes with, you know, in terms of what to do, the different rules, I think, as he speaks of them. Right. Uh, or uh, he, he kind of breaks it down into, and this is mostly on the 30 day, he breaks it down into what he calls weeks. Okay. Um, so that uh, the retreat is broken into various weeks uh, of movements, and so like there's the first week, the second week, the third week, the fourth week, um, which don't necessarily all last four days or seven days. Okay. Um, and so like we're even kind of like not even in the first week yet, even though we're in the first two days. Okay, and is that something having when you 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 go on retreat, you personally? Does that always happen? Is there always the movement through those various weeks or even more compressed than an eight-day? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. So there can be, even though that's sort of laid out that way, it doesn't necessarily always flow that way depending on the, the person or what? Depends on the person. Well, actually, no, it depends on the Lord. <laughs> well, he's a person. Uh, Three of them, actually. Right. right. Um, but it depends on what the Lord wants. Gotcha. Okay. It also depends on what the person's open to of what our Lord wants. But the point is, it's, in that way, it's individual to the retreatant then. Right. Okay. That's why you have the individual direction. Sure, okay. Yeah. Then a conference-style retreat, um, which could be silent or could be uh, without the discipline of silence. Um, and a, a conference-style retreat would be where uh, the director gives lessons uh, on the spiritual life, and it might be from uh, any of the uh, classic spiritual doctors in the life of the church, like St. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, uh, Therese of the Child Jesus, maybe uh, Ter- Mother Teresa of Calcutta, maybe um, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Bonaventure, St. Thomas Aquinas, any of the spiritual masters, um, uh, uh, St. Benedict, um, and given in a conference style, and then with opportunities uh, for them to practice or to talk about those spiritual things uh, in the other times of of the day. Is it, have you led uh, retreats in that style before? Yeah, uh, well, at Broomtree, we have uh, men's and women's yep. silent retreats, but they are preached retreats. So in those, is there also one-on-one direction then, or not? Uh, briefly, it's, 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 it's a short conversation time of, of up to 15 minutes, which is not a lot of time. Um, more just kind of a check-in thing for the directee if they want it, and that's, again, too, if they want it, if they don't want it, they don't. Okay, so so there you just sort of talked about some of the a couple of the different formats. So the eight day or thirty day, where you follow the Ignatius, the Ignatian spiritual exercises, just that that time of of direction every day. But otherwise, 
holy hours um, over the course of the eight or 30 days. Uh, and then there's the conference approach where it's, you know, as you said, based on the, the spiritual masters of the church's tradition, um, and then time to put those into practice uh, and maybe a brief check-in. Any other formats that are out there? Because th- those, I know, at Broomtree, both of those formats are still silent. So uh, are there non-silent retreats? Yes, yes. In fact, uh, here at Broomtree, when, while we're directing the 30-day this summer, the, uh, there'll be an opportunity for priests of the diocese to receive a preached retreat that will be non-silent. Uh, the, uh, I believe it's the retired Bishop of Bismarck okay. coming in to give the conferences. And I'm not sure what his topics will be. Okay. Um, and so the priests uh, will be able to socialize and visit with one another and pray with one another. Um, another style of retreat that listeners might be familiar with would be like a... Uh, Life in the Spirit seminar, or a retreat of that sort, in which there would be um, uh, direct prayer ministry going on as well, probably a conference style, with opportunities for the sacraments, and then of some uh, uh, prayer ministry or uh, intercessory prayer, direct intercessory prayer that would be going on. So, so there's sort of so some of the distinctions there. Obviously, the duration, um, silent or not, uh, the the spiritual tradition, the spiritual tradition of the church that it's based on. Uh, are there any other varieties that that come to you? I, th- I think that's exhausted it, but I don't know. Is there any something else that I'm missing? Uh, nothing's coming to my mind. I'm sure I'm missing something. Okay. Okay, so you you mentioned early how earlier how you you as a priest you're obligated to make a retreat every year. That's now the, it's it's length, it's duration, silent or not. None of that's specified, is it, or is it? No, no that is not specified. Just okay. that a retreat is made. Okay, and I think that's true as well for I think all clergy. So I think deacons as well, permanent or transitional, um, and obviously the bishops. Um, Including the Bishop of Rome, the Pope, and I think religious too. But there's variety when it comes to when it comes to laity. Obviously, it's not obligated, uh, but but it's it's like liturgy of the hours, obligatory for clergy, um, not for laity, but encouraged. So so laity are also. You were talking at the beginning about you know the importance of vacation and the importance, the value of a retreat. Um, so, so retreats are something that that it would be good. Very good for for Leite to do um, at least once, if not an annual basis, right? I would definitely encourage that. And so, any what do you? I guess just as we're starting to wrap up here, facing a, a maybe just a little, especially if you're facing a time of decision or transition. So, Father, we've got about half a minute left, and maybe you can punt on this till we talk about this another time. What do you think about do-it-yourself retreats that are book-based? Uh, cautious. Because? Uh, just because I think it's good to have, because the book is not the same as someone else outside you. Okay. So even if it's a brief check-in, that, that there's some benefit there that a book-based retreat can't provide. Right. I, I think it could be a nice conjunction maybe with a, a trusted confessor, you know, and to have you bring some of those principles, maybe give him a heads up if he'd be willing to cooperate. Okay. Um, but I just don't think it's quite, I don't think it's quite So there can be value, but it's certainly not the same. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, we will draw this episode of Ignition to a close. And again, as I said at the outset, uh, please don't hesitate to email me with any questions, any comments, topics for future episodes that you might have. My email address, again, is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, dear listeners, and Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.